Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Lobs for Butler! Butler on a gorgeous runner from three. Bam! With a great block from behind! None! Oh, say it with your chest! Second to none! Derek Jones Jr. with a ferocious finish! Last night it was the NBA suspending its season after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. This hiatus will be at least 30 days. The NBA Board of Governors has approved a 22-team restart in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Welcome to the Hang Time Podcast. I'm your host, Seiku Smith, here in Atlanta. We are cranking it up, grinding our way to a July 30 restart of this NBA season in Orlando. All 22 teams detailed here on the Hang Time Podcast. And today, we're talking one of my favorite teams in one of my favorite places, the Miami Heat, with their TV host and courtside reporter, Jason Jackson. Jay Jack, first and foremost, uh, are, you, are you good? Hadn't seen you lately. I know... How you do it? This is your time of year. How you feel? <laughs> Everything's good. Uh, it's been such a unique period. My sons are 20 and 17. My wife is a uh, executive administrator at the University of Miami Athletics. And so to be in hiatus on my end, although my NBA radio responsibilities have gone through the roof while my <laughs> Miami Heat television responsibilities hit pause, it's a time from a family standpoint that I don't think we would have had. No doubt. That's, that's good to hear. And that absolutely safe and healthy families right now is of the utmost importance. Your Heat family took the league by storm earlier this year. Jimmy B has been fantastic, obviously. His choice of the Miami Heat was clearly one of the better choices of free agency last summer. Um, what did you make initially of Jimmy Butler's fit with the Heat? And did it exceed your expectations? Sake of the reason why it was good is the joke that I drop on Jimmy all too often is that he was always a Miami Heat player. He just didn't play for Miami yet. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that for people that don't know, it's not personal. It's basketball. And to work for the Arisons with the Riley Spolstra leadership you have to have a different layer. Spo says this, and he's not kidding. He says it all the time, even in free agent meetings. This place isn't for everybody. The Miami Heat asks different things of people physically, in the community, on the hardwood, in preparation. That, that just isn't standard. And it doesn't make you a bad person because you're not about this. But if you come here, you got to get ready for a, a way that might put a little sweat on your brow regularly. I mean, we're talking about mouthpieces, tape, and knee pads and elbow pads for shoot-around, man. Like, <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not regular, right? Um, so it kind of lines up exactly with what we have seen and heard as the frustrating aspects of professional basketball life for Jimmy and other places. And I'm, I have no information on anything other than 
the way the Heat do it on a day-in, day-out basis. And that lined up with the way Jimmy likes things done. At shoot-around and practice, work gets done. There is an accountability in the moment that you have to get used to and can't take personal um, because it's all about, as, as Coach Riley calls it all the time, the main thing. And the main thing is winning. It doesn't get any complicated. Bam's bought into it too. If you ask Jimmy what matters, it's winning. Everything else kind of goes around that, right? There are other things that have to be a part sure. of that. But if it's not connected to that, that man's not interested. <laughs> That's it. I like that, that you show up to a place knowing the culture and then diving into it the way he has. You mentioned Bam Adebayo, a breakout player this season, an all-star. And then I don't think there's any question about the, the belief that the Heat had in him initially is paying off now. Just watching him grow and develop into the sturdy, you know, no-nonsense player he is on both ends of the floor. What about his game, do you think, has made him so effective at this stage of his career? Well, first thing, minutes. <laughs> like, the band has had the opportunity from the middle of last season to now to simply just have more time on the floor. And that was earned. And there, there have been moments that I'm sure spoken point back to his early coaching days where uh, maybe he regrets how much he gave a young player. And, and the young players now have to deal with the correction of that now. But you, you earn your way onto the floor. It doesn't matter how high picked you are, how many All-Americans you had, or how many stars you had coming out of high school. All that stuff is, is for the scrapbook. Yeah. And, and Spo, as you well know, you better defend your ass off or you will be sitting right next to him. And he's had big money dudes <laughs> sitting right next to him. And all of them are no longer in the organization. He is in his 12th year as the head coach, his 25th in the organization. Can I, can I fix my mouth and say that one more time? <laughs> in an era where everybody believes the first correction is to get rid of the head coach. Eric Spolster has been in the organization for 25 years. Where is he going? So as a player, you fully understand coming in, uh, first of all, get with the operation. You got to get in shape, unlike you have ever gotten in in your life. And Bam was young already and in great shape. So, you know, that was just connective fiber. And then it was the expansion. You probably saw it best out in Vegas. It was, let's see how far this game can go. Are you willing and capable to get better at bringing the ball up? Now, or can you run offense? Can we run offense through you? Can you score sometimes? Can you facilitate sometimes? Will you keep rebounding and defending while you, we give you these other responsibilities? Yes, yes, yes. I think there's two more. Yes and yes. <laughs> I think there might have been a hell yes in there. Yeah, um, there might have been. <laughs> this Heat team has been kind of a fantastic combination of those organic players and, and and then some seeds thrown in there. Andre Iguodala was a move that I'm not sure people saw coming. How valuable is a guy like that going to be with his experience when you head to this unprecedented situation in Orlando and you got a team that needs to lean on veteran leaders like UD and Jimmy and now Andre Iguodala? Sekou, you know, and so now let's discuss how important it is when it's nip and tuck time in the playoffs, how critical it is to have someone who can turn to Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, 
Tyler Hero, even Bam to a certain degree, uh, Derek Jones Jr., and steady them when their backs are against the wall. Timmy can do it, absolutely. Udonis has been there many, many times. It's great to have a recent residue of that champion success that's in the room, on the bench, and garners the respect regardless of the amount of minutes that are played and has the ear of these cats that are going to carry the load. The wonderful thing about the Miami Heat youngsters, they can ball. They are not afraid, but they still don't have the experience of what it feels like when you're trying to climb up. Let me me say it different. Claw up the mountain Mm -hmm. to grab Uncle Larry, the Larry O'Brien trophy. And it's critical to have that backseat experience whispering in your ear uh, about what it takes, particularly when the afternoons now and, uh, and nights are darkest. And so by having that in place, man, I don't care if he even touches the hardwood. The watching him in the time that he's been around and his willingness to dispense information uh, to help elevate play uh, when he's on the floor and off has already been valuable. Obviously, nobody in the league has ever experienced not just the seeding games, but an entire playoffs that will be played in this bubble with everybody watching. Normally, we got polar opposites meeting at a point in terms of the playoffs. You got the Eastern Conference side going on, the West Conference side going on. At some point, the, the teams that survive are in the same building. Now we got everybody on the same campus. What does that look like to you in terms of how? players, the coaches, the personnel navigate that unprecedented part of what's going to go on in Orlando? Listen, this is unlike anything from a professional standpoint. Some of the younger players are going to be like, listen, I was just here two years ago winning the AAU National Championship. (laughs) I know these rims. They're soft. I got it. It's going to have a little bit of that feel, that summer camp vibe, and so much else will be so different because so much is on the line. To have this caliber of, of competition in this space, it's, it's going to be super different. I, I can't wait to experience it with you. I know that Spo and, and the Heat are veterans of certain parts of this playoff process. You know, not everyone – I say this to people all the time. You don't understand what it means to get to the end of a playoff run and, you know – very few players in this league understand the grind that it is. You know, we've had LeBron make countless trips to the finals. But more often than not, you have a team like the Raptors, a team that pops up, makes a trip, and then we might not see him again that deep into the playoffs. What You talk about Spoh's history, his time and tenure with the Heat. How valuable do you think just that muscle memory of understanding what it takes to steer a team through those deep waters comes into play for Spo and for the Heat now where it's beneficial to them in ways that people might not understand. His preparedness and preparation is second to none. Having his team ready to play and knowing their opponent, you're not going to find many that are better because he comes from a different spot. I know there are a lot of guys that, that come from there now, but because you come from the video room, there's just a different layer of information that you're willing to take in and figure out what's important to get to your your staff and players. So let's make that a high-end thing. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that separates him, that dude is so even. He is the same guy after losing 10, winning 10. And I think this is really important to pay attention to 
when you're looking at coaches at any level. Mm-hmm. What do you do after a win? Do you use that opportunity to high five and, and back slap? Sure, somewhat. But it's also when you probably have the attention of your staff and team the most. Things are going well. Let's focus on the things that we could be getting better at. He's always there. And then after losses, instead of throwing chairs and cussing (laughs) people out and telling everybody how terrible they are, oftentimes he makes us look at the places where things were so narrow, like how things could have just turned if this occurred. Now, there's some nights he's had it, right, and things didn't go the way that – the preparation called for it to go. But for the most part, he's counterintuitive for what you think was going to occur from his reaction and, and, and then interaction with his own players. And I think that's appreciated to have that, that very even steadiness uh, that's never too high or never too low. It sounds a little cliche, but not everybody has that ability. But don't mistake that this evenness for a lack of uh, engagement or fire or desire to win i call it methodical consistency in coaches i love Mm. it it's one of Mm. the one of my favorite traits in coaches it's also one of the things that drives us crazy as reporters (laughs) exactly uh, (laughs) it's terrible when you're trying to when you're trying to draw information out you ain't getting yes jason jackson tv host and courtside reporter for Miami heat joining us we're done with the serious portion of the program when we come back from the break we're going to talk keys to the magic kingdom for the miami heat if we come back here on the hangtime podcast Welcome back to the Hangtime Podcast here. Jason Jackson, TV host and courtside reporter for the Miami Heat, joined me. And we are talking heat and keys to the Magic Kingdom when the NBA season restarts July 30th in Orlando. Jack, Mr. Incredible for the Heat. Who is the X Factor and game changer for this Heat team in Orlando? Jimmy does it all, man. I mean, the way that he defends, the way that he scores. And by the way, his scoring is so different. Like, he does not care if he's inefficient. He just wants to be impactful. And so there's nights where he's three for 12, but then slide your eyes over to that free throw line. He realizes if it's not going in with ease, then let's get some easy shots. And what's easier than the most indefensible shot there is the free throw. (laughs) So he gets to that line with a regularity. I want to leave top three in the league and he knocks it down at a high rate. And so that helps control tempo. Sometimes his willingness to allow others to shine is amazing for the max player mentality. And it has elevated uh, so many other players, Bam Adebayo, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, obviously Robinson, uh, Duncan Robinson, and so many others. Just his presence, he is so critical to the mentality of this team uh, that I give him so much credit. But if, if you know, to help out with your actual answer, I'll give you Goran Dragic because mm. that's still an all-star caliber point guard who is coming off the bench, fired up to put the ball in the basket, by the way, as soon as he hits the floor. And a guy people probably have forgotten about when you think about work. X-Factors, it's a, it's a great point about Dragic. The Beauty and the Beast matchup in the playoffs. What matchup is the, is the beauty for the Heat if we're looking at long-term, you know, into the playoff portion of what's going on in Orlando? This is going to make some people's head explode, but the Miami Heat uh, match up extremely well, or at least have so far, with Milwaukee. Yeah. I was stunned. They're one of the few teams that went to Milwaukee to win a couple times. 
by the way. Yeah. And speaking of a couple times, only one of the few teams in the league to actually beat Milwaukee a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> when they're rolling, okay, and they haven't enjoyed a lovely night on Collins and Fifth, okay? <laughs> Milwaukee will wear your ass out. Okay. <laughs> particularly if, if the if the threes are falling and the freak is freaky, uh, you you got yourself a long day. The Miami Heat defense is so focused on taking away what is comfortable for you, sometimes baiting in baiting you into things you shouldn't be doing, but it looks tasty. It's tantalizing. <laughs> uh, that's the okie doke you deal with on top of the fact that they will close your airspace. They will, as they like to call, blitzing. I love the uh, yeah. the, the NFL mentality to, to what we used to just call double teaming, right? But think about their, their imagery for that is that it's not just we're going to get into your space, ball handler. We're going to get in your face and, and physically make you make decisions that you don't want to make. And you just don't have to deal with that every night. Yeah. And so in a seven-game series, there's going to be some adjustments, right? I mean, they'll figure some things out. But I, I so look forward to that possibility. The flip side of that is they have not figured out Boston. <laughs> all right, all. right. That's the beast, yeah. Oh, my God. That is I, – I don't even have the numbers in front of me because I think I would – Lose whatever <laughs> breakfast I had before we started this call. That for right, you always have that team that you can handle that you shouldn't, and then you have that other team that's got your number equally. And so far, that's been a challenge. And listen, I mean, that team is rolling. They're so long and young and and gifted, and when they're healthy and they've got everything together, it feels like like there was a mental health that team evolved into as well of people getting back to those responsibilities that they had to have when, when Kyrie and, and Gordon were injured and, and embraced and had those, in, you know, specifically talking about Tatum and Brown. Right. And so everybody being in those spots that are most comfortable, having full responsibility, again, a very similar uh, ideal that the Miami Heat deal with, you better defend first, and then we'll get to the rest after that. Yeah. The genie comes out. We rub that lamp. What are the three – wishes you'd grant the heat in Orlando? Number one, health throughout. Number two, I would say just being able to have the the mental wherewithal to handle a, a very new and unique situation, that not having the type of freedom that you're used to of movement. Also, this group is extremely aware of the opportunity in front of them to, to impact some messaging as it pertains to social injustice, police brutality, and and the hell that Black folks have been dealing with for hundreds of years. Right. That's a great point. Can anybody give Andre Iguodala a run for his money on the golf course? Not one. <laughs> Not one. You have to go to Miami Heat alumni right. and, and go get Walter Ray Allen, and you can get that squared away. Anybody on this team with the kind of fashion game that could withstand that three-month stay you're talking about? Is anybody equipped with that kind of couture? If you have not uh, experienced what I will simply call the confidence of one Tyler Hero <laughs> and his ability to put on damn near anything. If those fashion strolls continue, hashtag NBA fit, I believe the kids like to call the outfit the fit now. Yes. Uh, uh, get ready. <laughs> get ready. That, that young fella is afraid of, uh, of no new trend. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I saw his uh, 
I saw his outfit in the locker room when I was down there in December, and Jimmy was giving him the business. But I was like, you really put that on, Tyler? And I thought to myself, hey, man, he's 19. They can, they can wear whatever they want. There's a special confidence there that uh, yeah. <laughs> I was not ready for. A fairy tale ending in Orlando for the Heat. If, if they get down there and they make it out of the East, if what happens? They're going to have to play some of the best defensive basketball uh, that we've seen from this team, this iteration all season. And, and it might end up being damn near historic. For them to let's just set it as it sits right now. Let's say it's got to deal with the Pacers, then you got to deal with the Bucks and whomever else makes it to the end of the Eastern Conference gauntlet on the other side. So call it Boston or Toronto. There was a stretch the Heat played where they just went out on the floor, got every stop they needed and every make they needed for a while. They weren't like blowout games. Right. They went out and just made the plays they needed and and just started rolling. Um, and that was nip and tuck. It was staying close. It was never getting off of who you were not letting the other team, you know, set the tone. It really is kind of this, this dance that the offense does that is gorgeous. It's Bam out of bio as your facilitator. Kelly Olenek coming off and doing the same thing with dribble handoffs. It's, uh, it, it, it's Duncan Robinson always finding the open spot. And then when you think you've got that figured out, he'll just back cut you real quick and get a quick bucket. DJ uh, dunking on your face while making a timely three in the corner. Like, it just becomes this, this orchestration. And, and, and where do you turn as a defense to focus on if everybody's willing to share? It, it, it's, it's fun to watch them when they're that way. Yeah, so the Heat team is, like I said at the start, one of the more intriguing teams just watching them come together um, and coalesce before the season shut down. Now we get a chance to see what they can do in the restart, July 30th, in Orlando. Jason Jackson, always good to talk to you, brother. Always good to hear your voice. Looking forward to the conclusion of whatever this NBA season has in store for us. I know you are. Stay safe and enjoy whatever we have up next, my man. Can't wait. You stay safe yourself. <laughs>